bummed that personal data breaches aren't as cool and colorful as the movie Hackers promised? Time to crash override with the Lollygaggers Podcast. In this episode, Justin talks PUBG and returns to Krypton, while Jeff deals with cultists, aliens, and vampires. Oh my. Both Lollygaggers break down Netflix's newest original movie, Anon, and end the night with the Gentleman's Challenge. All right, welcome to episode number seven of the Lollygaggers podcast, a show that's going to be about all sorts of geek stuff like movies and TV and comics and games. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the other one, Justin. That's the good. other one. Yeah. Right, Happy free comic day. Is that it's a was? pretty exciting day for me. I totally forgot yeah. about it until I went to the comic book store today. I was like, oh, the free stuff. Yeah. Oh, look at that. What'd you get? Um, there, I got a Spider-Man one because why not? It was free. And then uh, I, I bought a couple trades. Um, I bought they're gonna they're they're for later on. I don't know if I should, should I say them. I don't know if I should say them. You can but, say it. Like, well, for next week you're gonna do. A, you're doing well, I'm gonna do one for next week. So one pull for next week. It's gonna be a thing called a uh, uh, World of God. I think it's called. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then the other one I I also bought a Batman uh, Earth One Part Two. Part cool. one was fantastic, so I'm, I'm reading part two. And the new one that? I got, um, I think we might have crossed paths on this, but we'll see. Uh, it's, called we'll see. Red, it's called Redneck. Wait, what? It's called crossed Redneck. Paths? No, that is. Because you're saying vampires, and I don't know. But anyways, no, Redneck, no, no, Redneck's no, another no. one. It's about vampires, and I'm going to read that one too. I hear it's fantastic, but uh, God World's supposed to be amazing. It's, it's like a one a one-stop shop like it's one story and that's all it is like a single graphic novel so like i'm gonna read that this week and get back to it here it's just phenomenal so like that's what i did it was free comic book day i also watched uh, avengers again because uh yeah i like spending too much money did it did it end the exact same way it was weird it did i thought every time it changes yeah, but changed. same ending uh and right. then me and the wife we uh, did a little bit of a Exit the room or exit the game. Another one, another one. Which yeah. uh, which one did you get this time? This was Forgotten Island. Uh, we just got that one too. Uh, I did a did a miniature market order like a week or two ago, and uh, have you guys played it I got yet? A couple of those. No, we haven't. We've been playing some other things. I'll talk about in a minute, but uh, no. It's good. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Like they're really fun, and I'm I'm so excited that you and Chrissy are getting into this kind of stuff. That's really cool. Like, yeah, you know, we I'm also cool. at the comic book store they had code names, and we thought about getting well, it. Definitely. But uh, they didn't have Marvel code names. So uh, we're going to get, I think we're going to get the Disney code names from Target because they sell it at Target. So we're going to do that here soon. Play that. So is is Chrissy into like Marvel and Avengers as much as you Yeah, know? she is. She is. You guys should check out for a board game, check out Thanos Rising. Uh, it's this, uh, it, it's a board game that came out, I think just they, they released it at the same time or roughly the same time as the movie, like a week or two ago. I've been seeing it pop up, but you know, on different podcasts that I follow and uh, on different like forums, and it's like a little cooperative game where you like you get your your Avengers into like different groups. Like you can start recruiting like different members, and you just basically cooperate to try to stop Thanos. And it's a it's supposed to be pretty light and fun, so it could be something that you guys are interested in. It's it's a light it's lighter fare, so it's not like some of this like heavy stuff right. like I've talked about. So. Take a look at uh, Thanos, Thanos Rising. I, I haven't Thanos played Rising. it, so I, yeah, write so I write it down. Yeah, I can't really, I can't really recommend it, but I've heard other people say it's good. So okay, I mean, so hearsay. There you go. Heard it through the vape. My wife likes it only through proxy. I mean, she's forced okay. to like it. It's almost like what? Like she loves, she loves football, 
almost specifically because that you know she's been around it so much you know with me oh, okay. and her brother and stuff so sure sure but she doesn't like seek out the nfl on sundays like only because i'm around that's the only reason well if she really does like marvel uh then you should go for that but don't forget that like i know i know she likes disney so like uh, code names always probably want to do disney code names because that sounds yeah. fun to me too because i'm a child yeah so so uh have you have you played anything anything else any any video games video video games well uh recently PUBG had a huge patch like ginormous patch um okay. i haven't i haven't been playing it a ton but um there's a thing uh recently that came out and kind of drew me back into it like i'm getting a little tired of these battle royale games because they're all kind of like rinse and repeat you know you go me out there too you go I out there and it's, just, it's the same thing over and over which yeah i guess can be exciting but me I, I like i like more interactive games like siege where you get to kind of like work with your friends to do things differently outside the box and it's thinking. like a, it's objective focus yeah. too so yeah yeah for me siege is a lot more exciting because like you got to kind of think how you're going to attack certain areas but uh PUBG came out with a brand new uh patch there's um a new smr uh single shot rifle that they have it's pretty interesting apparently it's like super overpowered there's like 10 new attachments, things that I have no idea what they are or what they do. I was playing it with uh, Keith last night, and I'm just like, what's what's a half group? And he's like, it's got all these things in it. I'm like, this is a completely different game. Uh, there's new uh, spray patterns to all the guns. Like, the guns have changed completely. The the uh, way that they work and, like, their, their intensity is all different so all the guns work completely differently than they did before it's almost a completely different game um there's gun skins now there's a a new interface when you get into the game things are a little bit more streamlined because you know this game is technically still in i know it's been released quote-unquote released but it is a constantly evolving game because they never released it with a full like a regular game was always kind of early access and stuff like that um and they also changed a lot of item availability like you can't find level three helmets on the ground anymore they only come in crates uh and like certain things are new on the ground like you can find uh adrenaline shots on the ground and new guns and stuff on the ground you haven't haven't been able to see before so just kind of just switch it up a little bit but still in the end you know it's fun i play with keith Keith's the main person I play with. It's one of the games that me and him, like me and him, was really fun. Bonding like, experience. Yeah, the two of you. I'm so proud of the two of you. It's well, really like cool. we did this with CS:GO before too. Like me and him would just play CS:GO for hours. It's like me and him would just find one shoot game or shoot 'em up game, and play that, and we have fun with it. But like in the end, it's just kind of like, you know, either you are you're gathering stuff for 20 minutes, then die without saying how you died. Or, hey, that sounds familiar. Yeah, or the first five minutes you don't get a gun before they get it, and then they just kill you. And maybe right. I just don't play it enough, yeah. and I don't have enough experience in playing the game. But I don't or know. You just need to get good, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, get good, kid. Apparently that's yeah. what I do. But like, I don't know. It's it's interesting all the new updates. It is. It makes it a lot more fresh game, but still, it is pretty pretty linear in its structure. Uh, so maybe yeah. maybe one day they'll have some new modes. Anyways, what 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 you been doing? All right, so I mentioned that we hadn't broken out exit the game, and the reason we hadn't is because we had been we we started up 
a new campaign uh, or a new run through of a game called Arkham Horror: The Card Game. Uh, which I'm sure you haven't heard of, but you might have heard of like Arkham Horror before. I think uh, I played Arkham Horror with you. Like the uh, board no, game. you didn't play Arkham Horror with. Oh, we played us. we played Eldritch Horror. That's what I. Oh yeah, Eldritch Horror. Yeah, we played Eldritch Horror once, like uh, a couple years back. Uh, it's the same company, so it's it's Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, different designer though, I think, and uh, it's a different style of game. So um, this one's designed by a guy named Nate French and another one named matthew newman it's been out for about a year and a half this one is called a living card game do you know what that is you know what an lcg is i i have no idea i know, you know what, what magic C- the you know, gathering is yeah you know what a ccg is but a living yeah, card yeah. game is is i think it's i think it's just sort of fantasy flights name for it it's kind of a it's kind of a collectible but not really it's not like when you buy packs or, of cards it's not random what's inside of them you know exactly what's in them because you're getting like new uh, new aspects or you know like new scenarios and new missions uh so it's a living card game this is this is from their website of lovecraftian mystery monsters and madness right so it's the same it's set in the same kind of early part of the 20th century that eldritch horror was uh, except it's not a really big board you're not globe trotting the way that eldritch horror eldritch horror has you and it's not for a, a bunch of people this one's really a one to two player game like you can get a core set like one box which is like about 30 bucks uh, give or take uh, and that's for a one to two players you can expand that more if you want to get a second core 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 box but we never have done that uh, i don't know what it's like playing with with three or four um but i i do think this is something that that you and chrissy could conceivably get into because it has it's a step up i think from unlock and exit because it's not just a one shot it's like a little mini campaign that you that you play you play a couple different scenarios and there's a story and whatnot um so it's card driven each player controls like a, a different investigator um, who are kind of looking into these various mysteries and they're trying to solve a specific scenario. So every time you sit down to play, you're, you're playing a specific scenario, but these scenarios often build upon one another. There's a couple standalone scenarios here and there, but for the most part, there's like these mini little campaign arcs that tell a broader story. Uh, and then each investigator has their own deck of about 30 or so cards, depending upon the type of class they are. And there's, I think, five different classes. Um, and the... I would say the game has has a deck construction element, kind of like Magic the Gathering, but nowhere near as like broad. Uh, there's not nearly as many you know cards to choose from and comboing, but you can you can tinker with your your deck before a game, and you can tinker with it and add new cards between scenarios and missions and stuff like that. And it's also cooperative, uh, which is pretty helpful from time to time. Um, so. A scenario normally has a few acts, is what they call them, which dictate the objectives that the investigators need to meet before they can advance uh, to the next act in this act in the story and get like new objectives over and over again. So there's things you're trying to do. Usually this involves collecting and or spending clues to advance uh, certain aspects of a mystery. Uh, and there's also like the agenda mini deck, which is pretty much the timer that's on the game. So you have to complete your objectives before uh, you advance Doom too far, so there's a little bit of you getting stuff done, but also that timer for tension. Uh, and every every time you play, or I should say, every the game is broken up into rounds, and with every round, there's a few different phases. There's like the Mythos phase where you advance Doom and you draw from Encounters decks that have like monsters or traps or spells or obstacles of some time that you have to deal with. Then there's the Investigators phase where like you can take three actions and you can move around a, mo- a board. Now the board's just cards, like it's all cards. So there's not an actual hard board like the way there is with Eldritch Horror. Um, so you, they, but there's 
some of these cards are locations and you can travel to different locations around the map. And it's usually a small setting, like it's a city or it's a house or, you know, something like that. And like, you're just room to room. Like the very first scenario, you're in your own house uh, and you're kind of moving in uh, within about three or four different locations. Um, then there's the enemies phase and like different monsters are certain, will appear from time to time and they'll fight you. And then there's like the cleanup phase where you have to go through and draw new cards, you know, gain your resources, et cetera. Um, the main mechanic in the game is the test system. So if you ever played an RPG or anything like that, or if you ever played any other kind of Cthulhu, fantasy flight, Lovecraftian Cthulhu type game, you've done this before. So like you, you have a couple stats, uh, in this game, there's uh, a handful, there's a, there's in intelligence, there's wit, uh, will, there's agility and there's strength. And then based upon the cards you draw, you have to, to try to pass that test. And then, but instead of rolling dice, like you do in Eldritch Horror, you actually draw from a bag and they call it the chaos bag. And inside the bag, there's like a bunch of different tokens, these little cardboard tokens. They have like plus one on it or minus one or minus two, or they have a couple other things like auto fails. So you draw a token from the bag, you look at your statistic, like, like what it, what's your stat and strength? And then you add or subtract the value of the token that you drew. And then you can also um, sometimes play cards to help boost your own skill or have your, your teammates play cards to help boost your, boost your skill. And you see if you, you pass or fail. And so the game is really about like mitigation of failure, like trying to figure out how, you know, how can I make it so I either A, almost will never pass or never fail this test if, you know, if I reach into this bag. So you try to get as many pluses as you can, or you try to make sure that you're, you have cards in your hand that can mitigate failure. Um, and so it's pretty fun. And we played a game, like we played it when it first came out, like we got it right when it first came out, we played a bit. Um, but we played it on a fairly hard, like on the hardest difficulty level and just got our lunch handed to us. Uh, it got kind of frustrated and then it got lost in the wash for a bit, but we've decided to come back to it and start playing it again. Um, and so we've played through the core box so far and I have a, a couple of the, the extra expansions uh, that are ready to go. Um, it's it's kind of a hard game, but you can adjust uh, adjust difficulty to your liking. There's four different uh, difficulty levels. So like if you and Chris were to take it on, you can start at the you know, at the easy level or the normal level and kind of work your way up and, you know, until you feel uh, comfortable. Um, but it's a campaign style living card game. And so it's been really well supported over the past year and a half. So like there's been two big expansions and then they do with, you know, they call these things cycles. Um, so there's the Dunwich Legacy cycle, which has like a full expansion box, which is about 30 bucks or so, or 25 bucks for the expansion box. And then each one of those has mythos packs, which are smaller like ten dollar expansions and each you know so each one of those big expansions has a bunch of mythos packs you can buy as well there's also a couple standalones you can buy too so you know if you really like the game you can invest a little bit more in it and you can kind of see where the collectability comes here and so that's why it's not quite collectible in terms of this random but you're constantly buying packs because the game's constantly being supported like new content is constantly being added uh so there's the core box the core box again it's about 30 bucks give or take there's the Dun Dunwich Legacy expansion, which is about 25 to 30 bucks. And then all of, all of its Mythos packs, and I think there are five or six of them, are about 10 to 15 bucks. And then there's the Path of Carco Carcosa, which is another one of its uh, its cycles. That's And then I think there's a new one coming out too called Forgotten Age. So it's really well supported. It's a game you can kind of get into and invest for a really long time if you're interested. But uh, but we've been having fun. We've been enjoying it. I'm playing Agnes Baker because it's Baker, because she's a baker. So I assume we're related. Oh, yeah. Nice. So. Yeah, she's a waitress and she casts spells. It's it's pretty cool. So, and I was hitting people with a baseball bat, so that's always fun. Yeah, Not by people, by nice. people, I mean monsters. So you know, that's just what you do. Get off so anyway. my lawn, monster. <laughs> so anyway, that's Arkham Horror, the card game. Uh, I I do recommend it. And you know, one of these days, 
like next time you guys come out here, you might, I might show it to you, or uh, you might, I might make it the subject perhaps of a challenge one of these days, because mm -hmm. I, I think it's something you can get into. I should also mention that this living card game system that they have um, is based loosely off of some other uh, systems that they have. They have like a Lord of the Rings one as well. Um, that was, that predates Arkham You've Horror. Got and my attention. And the thing is though, they're bringing that to steam sometime within the next year. I think, I don't know exactly when, but they're bringing it to steam and it's cooperative. So I think you and I are probably gonna have to jump in on that and give that a try when it hops up on steam. Yeah. So I'll let you know more about that one. when I, when I hear some stuff, all right, man, what about you? What else have you been doing? Um, I'm trying to catch up on Krypton. I'm still way behind. It's just testing this week's been rough. I think I'm like two, three episodes in nothing too crazy. Oh, okay. It's just the thing where it's like testing's been crazy lately and football's been going on. I haven't been able to nerd out as much as I usually would. Um, but football's over in a week and a half and then testing's all over and school's over in three weeks. Nice. So my nerddom's about to just explode wide open. Yeah, I know. Summertime. Yeah. So um, it's been, it was a good, it's a good show. I like it. Um, I just, just guess I want to just kind of discuss it a little bit. Um, I have been watching it because when you when you talked about it initially, I hadn't started it yet. That was yeah. a, that was several weeks ago. But uh, but yeah, we've been watching. We're actually up to date too. So I think I'm a little far further ahead. Than yeah, you you're definitely further than that. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I like it. It's it's a uh, it's very Battlestar Galactica esque. You know, it's just it's just it's just a space drama. That's all it is. And, and like they're just yeah. it's the the environment is Superman esque. The only thing that I just kind of think is kind of silly is their MacGuffin. Is there is that that cape? That's about it. Where it's like, I mean, yeah, you can do. Anything I else? can tell you though that it really doesn't play a major role. And just like, like you keep just seeing it, you just see it. Nah, like, you don't even see it that often. It's really not there that often. But uh, I th I thought it's interesting. I like the kind of like like uh, the. Uh, city that they're in is a very popular city in the comic books because it gets shrunk down and mm -hmm. Superman has it in his uh, has it in his Forces of Solitude because it's the last hey, Kryptonian's alive. Are the people also shrunk down yeah. inside of it? There's, no there's kidding. plenty of times where he's in comics where he's shrunk down himself and had to do something in there. And I had I think no idea. At some point it gets re-enlarged and then they all come back. But like basically yeah, like it's that that city is is a huge part in the comic books. Um, the special effects in the show are really good. Um, like, really good. Especially for uh, sci-fi. I thought, like, the set pieces and the the makeup and the, um, the just, like, the different, like, the way they make Brainiac look looks amazing. I thought he just looks absolutely crazy good. And then um, the story's... Good. The only, the only one of the main problems I have is that um, the main character Seg, his bottom chin sure looks like he could just scrape the rind off an orange really good. It just. I his... feel like he's almost always pouting. You know? <laughs> Me. I don't know. Face at all times. I don't, I, I don't know. It might, it might just be the way he, he talks because uh, I don't know. But I, I liked it too. Like I, I'm surprised because I normally don't really like Superman at all. And I Superman's I, a good he's character. Not even in it. Yeah. yeah. He is. It just depends on how people how people work with him, and yeah. this is a really cool story about the lineage as to where he comes from. Um, even though Superman, as the character he is, has nothing to do with that lineage, right. uh, he has more to do with Pa Kent and uh, his mother Martha. Right. Like 
he actually has zero personality traits from the uh, from the uh, Kryptonians, which I think is funny. Or like, oh, it's about passing your your bloodline, your your greatness onto your. And they're like insinuating they're, they're passing his greatness onto Superman, right? But like, no, that's not at all. Like, Paul Kent's the one that did all that. He instilled good values in him, true justice in the American way, and you know, all that stuff. But yeah. despite all that, like. The whole uh, time thing is interesting, and the acting's not terrible. Everyone's very British because it's, I guess, it's <laughs> filmed <laughs> over in Britain. Um, but uh, I, th- I think it's interesting, and like the stuff they're doing with like Zod and everything, I think mm-hmm. is cool. Like the lineage of Zod. So, yeah, it gets um, even crazier later on. I won't, I won't spoil. Yeah, it I saw a preview. I was like, oh, that guy's in the show. Look at that. Yeah, because like he was. Oh, yeah. a, I guess the guy who plays his her her father. I'm just linking things together. He's the guy that was in. Um, he's been in a ton of stuff, but like he was in a uh, Resident Evil. He was the guy. I that, always remember from Resident Evil because he gets yeah. diced. Yeah, he gets least. diced up. Yeah, it's one of the coolest yeah. deaths in Resident Evil movie. But like, I yeah. guess he's in it. I guess he plays her father. I'm like, oh, he's in this show. Look at this. I'm about to keep watching this. Yeah. But like, when you compare it to like you all the other, keep watching it. Yes. Yeah, you compare it to all the other like Agents of Shield is garbage. Uh, Gotham. I've never watched Agents of Shield. So Gotham is a fart. I don't know what that is. It's so bad. I don't know what that means. I watched it's, two seasons of Gotham because I, I love Batman, but I still couldn't really stick with so it. It's so bad. And, and uh, everyone was just really wooden. That's my problem. Like the characters are kind of like oh. yeah. And all the CW shows, they just became terrible. Like the first two seasons of Arrow, loved them. I thought they were great. I was like, this is a show I can get behind. And then it became mm-hmm. Arrow and Friends, and I had enough. I'm like, that's done. I just, when he stopped killing people, I felt it went. Yeah, it was the point, <laughs> right? It was the point. Killing people, yeah. you know. Just kill I mean, all Krypton, the people, I'll say this about Krypton, though. Like, I was genuinely surprised. I remember reading an article before it came out where that where they were interviewing the creator, and he was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be like Romeo and Juliet in space." And I'm like, "That's that's really not <laughs> selling me. Like, that is like, like if that's the uh, tagline, I'm out." It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah. "There's no way this can be good," but then you're watching, like. I watch it in like the yeah I mean there's there's like the love stories and the cross you know and like the differences in the you know the the kind of love quadrangle whatever it might be I don't know whatever Um, but like it's not it's not in the way you know it's not intrusive it's fine like I think everything else that happens is is actually far more interesting yeah I I am pleasantly surprised with the show I really am and and with the sci-fi is really pushing this whole thing lately too I guess because the FCC or cable shows it's not because cable shows aren't owned aren't controlled by the fcc it's just that uh advertising mm-hmm. controls cable no shows anyways they're really pushing this whole saying all the uh curse words in the world now which i think is interesting i guess this new show the, the magicians is throwing the f-bomb out all the time now too and yeah i watch the magicians but um i think in the live broadcast at least the some of the live broadcasts i think not live but like when it's on normally if you're not dvring it's yeah like, on demand, I know when on demand, I, I hear that I hear them drop f bombs all the time too. But like, I guess it's super adult and edgy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what makes it edgy because they say the f bomb. Uh, but like, I guess like, there's a recent thing that came out too long ago saying like all these cable uh, channels are doing more of that and they just don't care anymore because the advertisers don't care as much anymore because this FCC controls your nationally broadcast channels. But the FCC does sure. not control cable. The only thing that controls cables is advertising. So advertising decides whether or not they want to advertise for you if you're going to say those words or do certain things. But I guess there's a new thing involved where they don't care so much anymore. Anyways, anyways, watch Krypton. 
I thought it's a good show. I'm at the. I'm at the. <laughs> good pullback at the. I'm end. at there the keep. Go. I'm gonna have to catch up with it. I'm way behind, but yeah, you once uh, football's over, I got nothing else to do. So yeah, I'll be doing yeah. that. What else you been doing, man? Okay, you ready for this? I uh, so I bought a comic. What? Like like an actual like issue. You know, an issue. Like an a single issue. floppy. Well, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I'm, it's digital. But, I mean, still, okay, like, I yeah. bought, like, a singular issued. Like, All right. I, I bought comics and graphic novels before, but usually it's just, like, you know, it's compilations. Like, the story's already done. Like, you know, I have, you know, I have my Sandman stuff, and I've got my Watchmen stuff and whatever. But, um, but no, I'd, I saw it on I saw it on Twitter at some point. I can't remember who, who posted this, but uh, it's Aliens Dust to Dust number one. Uh, have you heard of this at all? Is this the sound I have alien? not, but I do know that there's a lot of really good alien uh, stories out there. And maybe I'm looking into it some more. I'm looking into it some more. Yeah. So this is called Aliens Dust to Dust. Uh, it's only one issue's out. Uh, it's written and illustrated by Gabriel Hardman. Do you know who that is? I, I have no idea. Of I'm just curious. Out. I just I have no like this isn't my normal like I'm uh, this is my normal area. Uh, it's published uh, by Dark Horse, and it first came out back on April 25th. The first issue came out couple weeks ago uh and i think they're planning on running this uh through the summer so i think the next issue is like i think june and then uh, i think it's planning on a run through july and it's supposed to be four issues uh so to give you the general gist of it without giving a whole lot away um if you if you recall that the alien movie began on lv426 remember that and uh Okay, so Dust to Dust begins on LV-871 on a colony called Trono, T-R-O-N-O. Now, the comic is, it's action from the very beginning. Like, it's just, like, there's no slow setup, no, like, you know, moody, atmospheric moments. There's no John Hurt, oh, my God, is he okay? Oh, he's fine. Oh, he's really not fine. There's, like, none of that. (laughs) It's just right right away it's like getting kind of crazy and so um the main character is a 12 year old kid uh named maxon uh who lives on the colony with his mother and somehow a bunch of these aliens have found their way onto the colony or into the colony for reasons and by means we don't know yet Uh, and so we start with crazy stuff happening and people are trying to escape the colony and it's mostly maxon and his mother who's trying to do it um, and so that's really what the issue, the first issue is, is, is trying to do is like, can they get from their, you know, their apartment or wherever it is they're staying on the colony to one of the escape shuttles. Uh, and you get all of the usual alien goodness. There's face huggers, there's xenomorphs, there's acidic blood, there's all that wonderful stuff. Um, and it's, it's right there. There's no buildup and it's just all. Well, I'm sure they have running. a list with check marks next to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was not saying it as an insult. I was saying that like, because I like all those things. Yeah. Uh, it's a very dark aesthetic, as you would expect. So, like all the environments, I thought certainly evoked like Hadley's Hope and stuff like that. Uh, and I really felt like I mean, I'm not not great on commenting on like comic art. I don't know if I'm qualified or. Capable, well, I just but... I just looked up Gabriel Hardman. He did a uh, um, Green Lantern Earth one, so I just read that. Oh, hey, yeah, you just lots you just lots of dark it. inks. That's all he does. Like lots very of very dark. Lots yeah, of it's very very dark. Um, I also think that the facial expressions of the kid were really really good uh so i was flipping through it there are lots of mixes of like confusion and like just absolute terror and so like you can kind of see the panic in his eyes uh whereas the mother's like trying to be a little bit more calm and whatever's going on uh but it's very action heavy uh and it's very you know it's a short 
read, but it's really interesting, you know, to kind of see this getting started and see, you know, I've, I've, I really only, I mean, in terms of my, I've watched every alien movie multiple times and I played, you know, alien isolation and AVP and stuff like that. And I even, you know, watched the AVP movies too. Um, so I'm a big fan of that IP and, but this is the first time I I've ever read anything within the, the IP. And that's the only reason that I kind of got drawn to it. So it seems really interesting. I, I really enjoyed it so far. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to the second and I think it's June when the next one comes out. Uh, I, I started looking into it some more. Um, and apparently, like you said, there have been other alien comics, but um, specifically last year, there was another one back in 2017, there was one called dead orbit. Um, that I might pick up. I think it's by a guy named James Stoko. Uh, so I might pick that one up. That's another four issue series. So like these are both four there issue are series. So many out there because it's very popular, and right. they do lots of crossovers. Like I was watching a, a video with Superman. Day. Well, no, there was one. It was Green okay, Lantern good. and the Aliens. What? So no, was, I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want it's, that. It was interesting. But I don't like, want it. I want my pure. Really, I want like purest. they do have they have AVP and all this stuff too. There's, there's Dark Horse like. Most of their content is alien. <laughs> they yeah. have so much alien stuff. Cool. So. I will look at. I mean, this is sort of perhaps opening up a world uh, that I didn't know, and so I'm actually really excited. Uh, so yeah, that's Aliens uh, Dusted Us by Gabriel. There's Harden. a classic one. I'm gonna have to tell you what it is. I forget what it is at the top of my head. I'll have to finally let you know and suggest that you read it because there's like a really classic, okay. like one of the best ones ever. I'm gonna have to find it. I have to forget the name of it right now at the top of my head. So cool, sorry. cool. So yeah, you can get this online, Dark Horse uh, dot or Dark Horse Comics or Dark Horse com, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, it's like three ninety nine, I think. So it's pretty good. Dust to dust, uh, issue one. What about you, man? What else you got? So I have like kind of a little, little movie roundup. Found a whole bunch of little things on the internet. I, you know, you do all your kickstarters, right? I thought I would just They're my main role is kind of like kickstarters. I'm just you know your Kickstarter world, you know, thousands of money on them. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought I would be kind of like the, uh, reporter guy of the movie and video games, video games. Uh, so this week I got a couple different things. First thing, John Lithgow is going to play Judd Crandall in the new Pet Cemetery movie coming out. Just so you know, it's the guy that's like, uh, don't want to go down that road. You don't want to go down that route. Not Ross Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not, uh, I, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that cast a lot. The dead calm. They don't come out. So uh, he's doing that. The lead of Pet Cemetery is going to be Jason Clark. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I know him. He was in uh, he was in that Everest movie, uh, the True he's Story Everest movie. Been in a ton of things. Like he, mm. when you see him, you're like, oh yeah, I know him. Uh, but he's going to be like the father, I guess. And I actually kind of like him. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. he in the most recent uh, Terminator travesty? Uh, I haven't watched it. Like I think he was. I think he actually played. I hadn't seen it either. Yeah, I he, think he, he was in the most recent Terminator movie. I don't think he was Kyle Reese. Oh, he played. No, yeah, no, he, he played. He, was, he played he was John. Uh, John Connor. Yeah, he was John. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm always John right, Con- Justin. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, so Pet Cemetery is coming out April 2019. Um, so that's coming out. You know what's funny? Like the whole thing of in the year 2020. It's coming real soon. Interesting, right? I know. I know. <laughs> uh, Avengers passed a billion dollars in uh, just 11 days. Uh, which is nuts. Um, it's beaten all records. It was previously held by Star Wars, uh, yes. Force Awakens. Yes, they passed the torch. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Which is funny, because it was a great meme on the internet where, like, you know, you see like the they're passing the lightsaber onto Iron Man's hand, right? And then there's like a meme of a guy 
having Iron Man's glove in one hand and then a lightsaber in the other hand and on his chest it says Disney. <laughs> it's just like, here you go. <laughs> it's okay. just like, yeah, it's about Disney. Like, who are you congratulating? Uh, but uh, I guess Force Awakens did it in 12 days. Uh, but this one did in 11 days. And I contributed to it twice. So Good I'm part of that you. problem, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's a big thing. Uh, Robocop statue. Do you remember hearing about this a while back? Uh, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. So in 2011, there was a crowd-funded RoboCop statue that they wanted to erect somewhere in Detroit, right? They wanted to do it in, like, City Hall, like, in, in front of everything, because RoboCop's awesome, and Detroit is where RoboCop was at. And so that was done in 2011. They finally constructed it. They are ready to put it in, but no one wanted to put it on their property, like, no, like, publicly owned property. So there's a home for it now. It is going to be at the Michigan Science Center. So, it's happening here in a couple months, I guess. So, soon RoboCop will be protecting the Michigan Science Center. That makes sense. He's and, a cyborg. Yeah. That's a science play. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's I think Detroit. that's a, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Dead or alive, you're going to learn with me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Final thing that I found. Uh, okay. It's a real small thing, a little vignette. Uh, Stallone's going to be doing Rambo 5. And I know, I know. I touch on this on the later. Mexican cartel. Yeah, when we get yeah. to our thank yous, this is this is where this is where one of my yeah. thank yous comes from. You'll, you'll you'll see. And he might possibly be directing too, which is interesting. Well, that, he's a he's yeah, a good director. Well, he was a good director forty years ago. I don't know if he's a good director anymore. I can't. Did he? <laughs> didn't he do? do uh, I think he did. Creed. No, he didn't do Creed. That was the guy that did. Uh, um, he did. Bal- didn't he do Balboa? Did he do Rocky? Balboa? He did Balboa, but the guy who did Creed did um, a Black Panther. So I think he had a lot of stuff to do with Creed. He just wasn't directing it. Okay. So, so that's my little movie roundup. So to finish Very this nice. off, you got anything else to talk about? I do. I have one more thing I want to talk about. I, I really, uh, I really kind of waded into unfamiliar waters this week. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm sort of, sort of excited about some of these things that I've been discovering. So it's kind of cool. So I want to talk about Vampire the Masquerade. You ever heard of this before? You ever heard of Vampire the Masquerade? Uh, about isn't that World of Darkness? Game? Anything like that? I thought we played a Vampire Masquerade game when I was at your house, where we danced no. and stuff. No, no, that is something else. That is Dracula's feast. Where I that's danced with my way. wife and I ruined it for everybody else. Yeah, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. No, this is uh, okay. So Vampire Masquerade, it's by White Wolf Entertainment. Uh, it's it's a okay. So I guess traditionally, originally, it was an RPG, just tabletop RPG. But over the course of the past like 20, 30 years or so. It, you know, other things have happened. Um, I remember the, my first kind of entry into Vampire the Masquerade was a game called Bloodlines uh, about 15 years ago, not quite 15 years ago or so, uh, which is a fantastic game uh, where you played, you, like, you played a vampire in kind of urban, in an urban cityscape and you wandered around the city and you picked a faction and you did your thing. And it was like a really, really good game. Um, and I didn't really know at the time that it was based off of a whole RPG system and because that's what this is. So, um, so I'm talking about a specific RPG system. Now, the reason I'm talking about today is because there's some fairly big news, and that's that pre-orders began last week on the 28th for the fifth edition of Vampire the Masquerade, which apparently people have been waiting for for quite some time. I had no clue, uh, so I'm sorry for my ignorance, but I am quite interested uh, isn't this the game where like people like do it in real life? Uh, I don't know what you mean. 
I thought like this was like um I thought I heard about this before where like it's a game where people like do it like uh LARPing. You're talking about LARPing? Like yeah, maybe kind of, I don't like know. LARPing, like real life LARPing. Like they're not doing it like they hit each other with foam bats, but like they're doing it in live action roleplay type of stuff. Uh it's certainly possible. I mean there's people who LARP in all sorts of different systems and all sorts of different themes. So I I I'm certainly I wouldn't be surprised. But I I'm specifically talking about tabletop. So I'm talking okay. about the tabletop okay. game. And I, again, I'm not like particularly familiar with it because most of the stuff that I've played is within, you know, Forgotten Realms, sort of traditional D&D stuff, and then more recently Starfinder, and then some Cypher System stuff. So that's kind of my trilogy uh, or, yeah, trilogy or kind of triumvirate of games. Uh, but this is a little different. Uh, I also remember watching a couple months ago on Critical Role where they did like a two-shot um, of this in between their big campaigns. And so they did a two-shot. Uh, I don't think they were using 5th edition. I think they were using 4th edition because 5th edition hadn't been out yet. But they did like a little two-shot of it. And it was it was really, really cool, actually. Um, so it's set in the 21st century. And so that's what's going to happen here. So it's 21st century and you you get to pick essentially what vampire clan like there's a bunch of different clans i think they're like 13 or something i looked at i tried to look it up try to get some information to make sure i'm not sounding like a complete idiot but i remember a few from the game i like there was gangrel which are, i think were the shapeshifter ones and then there's like the giovanni's the there's the malkavian which are like the really crazy demented people i think those are like my favorites um and there are others uh so the masquerade concept like in the title is is basically an organized conspiracy to convince the general public that vampires don't exist so and if you're a vampire you you can't reveal like you're not supposed to reveal yourself and if you do like there's consequences and sometimes like super significant consequences like you know death um now the mechanics are a little different than what I'm normally used to because I usually play D20 systems, like all the systems that I've talked about. So D&D, Starfinder, and Cypher system use D20s. Uh, this is apparently a D10 system, uh, so it's a little different. Uh, and I really like this idea because there's like a blood pool that you have to manage. So you're kind of managing resources. I really like the concept of resource management when it comes to board games. And so I kind of like the concept of, I, can't, I like it when it bleeds over into RPGs and stuff. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And honestly, I just kind of like vampires. Like, I, I do. When they're done, like, dark and gothic and brutal, I love vampires. I don't really like... I think that's the Twilight kind of set vampires back a bit. And, like, everyone kind of yeah, looked at them I think and that's them seriously. Though, the whole oh, no, no, for sure. So, like, done. I love that, like, this more kind of hardcore, like, dark, brutal, gothic uh, world is, is sort of coming back. And I really like playing RPGs in modern settings, too. So that's another really appealing angle for me. It's this set in 21st century. It's continuing on some storylines, apparently, that were in previous editions. Uh, again, I'm not horribly familiar with what those are, but that seems pretty interesting. But anyway, the pre-order's up. Uh, it, they, they started about a week ago. They're over at Modifius.net, which is the, the Modifius Entertainment is the company that White Wolf is partnering with for, for distribution and publication. So it's M-O-D-I-P-H-I-U-S.net. Um, there's a couple different bundles that you can buy. It's... The core book itself is like 55 bucks. Then there's some other source books and bundles that allow you to save some, some money here and there. There's also like extras you can buy, like, you know, theme dice, GM screens, that kind of stuff, uh, depending on how big of a fan you are. So uh, I might actually snag a core book and read through it because I wouldn't, I don't, I'm, I'm always looking for like another setting and another, you know, another set of RPG mechanics for us to play with. And this might be something I, I might bring to the group and see what they say. So that's uh that's Vampire, the Masquerade, uh, fifth edition, pre-orders. Right. So, uh, 
So we have been a babbling for quite a while. Like I we think. always do. Yes. Uh, We're just having babbling. to talk to each other. That's all it is. I have actually uh, not enjoyed any of the time. Okay. Uh, well, you know, we all have our own opinions, so. Mm -hmm. They, uh, yep, they are like a certain part of our anatomy. So. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Uh, let's say we get a little bit more productive. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the breakdown for this week. Sounds great. It's the movie. Breakdown. Anon is a 2018 science fiction thriller written and directed by Andrew Nichol. Uh, he's the director of Gattaca, Lord of War, and a few others. He also has uh, several writing credits. Uh, it's set in the near future where people's personal memories and experiences are recorded via some kind of optical implant. These visual records and implants are accessible by the state, and as we learn later, manipulable by skilled hackers like Zero Cool, Acid Burn, and Lord Nikon. Uh, the movie stars Clive Owen as Saul Freeland, a detective who often uses those stored memories uh, to solve crimes. And quite quickly, Sal is assigned a series of murders, all linked somehow, where the recorded memories have been tampered with. Uh, someone has hacked into the optical display of the victims, forcing them to watch their own deaths from the murderer's perspective. So Sal and his detective buddies begin uh, to investigate, and they start to suspect Amanda Seyfried's character, uh, who is unknown, and what they call Anon. Uh, this series of crimes proves far more difficult to solve than all of their other cases. Uh, we're not going to spoil any of the big reveals from the movie, and we're going to stay away from all the major plot points. But if you want to watch Anon without any inkling of what's going to happen, you certainly shouldn't be listening uh, to anything we say for the next 15 minutes or so. And honestly, you probably shouldn't have been listening for the past uh, 45 seconds either. Uh, so here we are with our breakdown of Anon. Uh, Justin, what do you think? Were those names of hackers the ones from the movie Hackers? Yeah, they were. I'm doing like a whole hackers thing. I like to I like to have these little inside themes for myself. Is that wrong? And it kind of worked with uh, what I gave you this week too. So it all works I know. Out, yeah, right? that was sort of the point. Yeah, I'm doing a little. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you'll see. Like I have a whole thing. Like all right, me being passive aggressive about right. uh, you giving me a reboot. We'll, we'll, we'll right. get to it later then. What right. did you think uh, of a nod? I thought it was interesting. I thought the concept was really cool. Um, I kind of it's 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 altered reality basically what they have in their eyes. Like with Google yeah. Glasses or what right. they're trying to do with all that stuff. It's interesting. Yeah. And especially when it's like implanted in their head and they can't control it. And then you have kind of like, well, they can control it, but they can't control certain things that eventually you see in the show, in the movie uh, when they start messing with it. But like, I thought it was a really interesting concept. Um, it's a slow burn, real slow burn. Uh and it's very noirish, very noirish. Yeah, I, can I, feel. I can see that. Um, because it's kind of like out of all the places in all the world, you're the welcome to my life, that type of thing. Uh, but I really like, don't think it's. I really don't think it's like that. I don't know if I'd go. It just kind of has that kind of feel. But I, I get mysterious you. woman type of thing. Um, definitely that part. Definitely. I liked like ninety percent of it. Ninety percent of it, I was all about. Okay, what was the ten percent that you had issues the, with? The finish was just kind of like a, yeah. uh, the way okay so the ending's predictable like I, I saw i saw what was going to happen a mile away like maybe about halfway through the movie i'm like okay and then there wasn't enough payoff for the twist that happened because when the twist happens i'm like who is this that, that that's kind of what i felt like because right he it's just token white guy type of thing you know what i mean and 
I couldn't really tell. It took me like five minutes of watching. I'm like, who is? Oh, that's who that is. And so it's just like, okay, but it kind of took me out of it because it seemed so simplistic with how complicated they're kind of making these scenarios become. And I, I knew after I saw like the first thing, the first way that the kill happened, like the first murder, I knew how it was going to resolve in the end. Like I knew what Clive Owen's character was going to do to win. Right. I kind of right. knew. So it was very predictable how he's going to solve Like, cause if, if it's me, it's like that, like why, why wouldn't they do that type of thing? And so it was like, it's, it's interesting but I think it just really stumbles at the end. It's it's a good movie, and um, I enjoyed like the kind of like technology that they were using, and like what you because like you can see ads with it, you can turn it off, you can have a whole bunch of stuff going. It's basically like having a cell phone in your head and not having it on your hand, and it's kind of I kind of think that that's kind of where we're going to go eventually. But I also think how are they not getting constant car crashes? But you know, they did have, like, that early warning system and stuff like that, which I thought was interesting. So, like, right. I, I think it's a cool way to kind of look at the near future and the way we interact with people. But there's definitely a lot of holes in it, and it's a little bit predictable towards the end. What do you think about it? Okay, so I was preconditioned to like it for two reasons. Uh, one, Clive Owen's in it, and I kind of like him. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, like I don't know too. why. Children of Men is fantastic. Children of Men is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, what? Like, like little aside here. Like, what's going on with Clive Owen's career? Like, I, I, I don't, feel like it's, it's plateaued. Like, it's it's he hasn't gone. Like, was it that Nicholas movie where he had the carrot and the gun that kind of just sank him or something? Was it so, shoot him oh, up? Yeah. I think it was called shoot him up. Was that shoot him up? Hmm. Was that really like what tanked gone, him? I don't know. I don't think he's gone fully tanked though, because I don't think it's full on Nicolas Cage. I just. I just I don't know. It felt like he plateaued a bit because I remember like there was King like the King Arthur movie, and I thought that was a solid. I think it was bad. There was also Inside Job. I thought he was good in Inside Job. Inside Job, yeah, yeah. And then like I I don't know like I'm just and then like uh, what was that the one with Natalie Portman? Like oh I can't remember the name of it, but Natalie Portman was in it, and it had uh, had that one guy I I never liked that I can't remember the name of. So this is really helpful to viewers. It's all me too, listeners. Um, Jude Law, the one with Jude Law. That's the guy. I hate that guy for some reason. But it's Jude Law, Natalie Portman, Clive Owen. You don't remember them? Whatever. I'm I'm way off. I don't know what we're talking about now. I was just kind of curious. Like, it's really strange. Like, when I watched the movie, I'm like, you know what? I I don't think I've seen Clive Owen in a lot recently. Yeah. That's why I thought thought the same exact thing. I'm like, and I even thought to myself, like, did Shoot Him Up destroy his career or something? Like, I I don't know. know. It's possible. Uh, Okay. So the other reason I like it is that uh, that, uh, Penny uh, was in it from Lost. Uh, And and she played played his uh, his ex-wife. So That was her? yeah, that was her. I know it didn't really look like her. Is that is that uh, really dark lipstick? I think that was kind of throwing us off. Uh, so okay. Anyway, that's way off. Okay, what did I think of the movie? Um, I I liked it, but I I didn't love it. I like like you the ideas that were being thrown about. Uh, I definitely like the technology. I like the whole themes of privacy and security. I mean, especially nowadays uh, when we're seeing stuff with Facebook going on and all sorts of data and security breaches and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's really interesting the notion of, of what is private, what is public, what you know, what do we have access to, what do we don't, and like, and we're in a world where they literally can see everything we're doing. Like the state can literally do that. They can very easily, with like a little twitch of their eye, get access to your records, your visual feeds, and they can see exactly what you're doing. 
And I feel that is really interesting. And I definitely like that idea. Uh, I felt character wise, I thought, I, I thought the characters were kind of wooden, you know, I, I didn't really feel yeah. like they were. I felt the same were, way, but yeah. like, I think it, I think they were trying to convey that they're constantly within their tech. And so that sure. limits their, it limits their social connectivity in the real their life. Emotiveness. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's certainly possible. But there was like, times where I'm like, just look at him, please just yeah. look at the guy talk to the yeah. person yeah but like i think that's what they're trying to i think that might be the the little twinge on this is like okay if you have this way of communicating this way of right. accessing information there would be a disconnect in the face-to-face -face, you know what i mean or maybe it's you know the situation where they're afraid to do anything because they're on camera and they're you know they're constantly being watched something like that yeah that's it um it could be that too but uh, yeah i mean overall it was just it was it was, it was kind of hard to get into the characters too much uh so in terms of like an idea driven story it was pretty interesting in terms of a character driven story i didn't really get a whole lot um there was some stuff going on with clive owen's kid which is not a spoiler it happens you know you get that information pretty quick um so those memories that he's storing like you, you kind of get a little bit of depth and substance to him i think amanda seaford's character is i still don't understand exactly why she uh was interested in, uh, in clive owen's character other than he's clive owen yeah uh, it's pretty dreamy. That, i don't understand uh, so like there are a lot of, I, I don't know, leaps I felt for, for how things happening. Um, I agree that I don't think the, the central mystery was particularly difficult to, to figure out mainly because there really weren't a whole lot of characters in the movie and you yeah, can like kind of just <laughs> narrow it down, you know, and like, well, it's not that person. It's not that person. Well, it's definitely not Clive Owen. It can't be him. Can it? Um, so, uh, so I didn't feel like the central mystery was, was particularly difficult. Uh, I did not like the very, very end, um, like the last scene. I thought like yeah, that little like, quippy final line was... What was it? It was like a bumper sticker. Like throw that yeah. stuff on a bumper sticker. Like, I, like that would have been nice if you would have dove into that a little yeah, bit more just, deeply throughout kinda, the movie. It's like he's trying to like stamp a point on the end of it. Like, I want to make sure people get this. I'm going to put this on there. Sure. Like, and I, I don't disagree with that either. I don't disagree like that. That's maybe the intention. So... I don't know. It felt, I don't want to say it felt half baked. It just, it felt like it, it, it went by fast too. It was like a short movie. It's like an hour and 30 minutes. Like it's not a, not a movie that, that outstays its welcome. And I, I don't know if I would go so far as to call it a super slow burn because we've watched things that are far slower recently because um, there are murders and stuff happening pretty darn quick within the movie. And there's, you know, stuff's kind of shaking yeah. down. There are also some weird kind of holes that I didn't fully understand um, because Amanda Seyfried's character, she plays a hacker. Like one of the reasons I'm making all these stupid jokes is because we have two things in the show that deal with, you know, hacking computers and whatnot. And so she, she plays a hacker who's capable of getting into people's feeds and erasing things that they don't want others to know. And like, that's sort of fairly obvious. And Clive Owen sees her character within like the first 30 seconds of the movie, like right off the bat. And he, he gets confused because there's a HUD, you know, there's that the heads up display as you're walking down the street, you can, you can get all sorts of metadata about the locations around you, cars, people, right? You look at a person and you can get some basic identifiable information about them. And so when he sees her on the street, he looks at her and he gets no data and it just says a non. And, you know, at the time it just felt like weird and glitchy, but then later, like when the murders start happening, he's like, oh, there's this one time when I was on the street yesterday or whatever, like there was this woman. So clearly she's the one killing the, you know, killing all these people. And then he's just like, and I'm not sure why. I'm like, why'd you say that? And then there was, but then it turns out that there's a bunch of other people who can do the same thing she does. And they learn that, but for some reason they still think she's the one who's doing all the murders. And I'm just like, 
why are they so focused? It felt because well, she was the one that was billed on the credits. I mean, come on, that's why it had to be her. I know, man. She was in was it big? Was it Big Love? Yeah, she was in Big Love, man. Come on, like yeah, she but... was in uh, she was in uh, Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there were some I thought slight potholes in that regard. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like. I, I didn't really like any of the characters like all that much. I didn't hate them. Like I didn't dislike them or like them. I was really just watching because I was I thought certain things were cool. Like the the advertisements, the the ARG advertisements was like a modern day rendition of They Lives glasses, like the the sunglasses. You know what I mean? Like the you're seeing the yeah, Miller yeah, yeah. High Life ads pop up here and there. Um, like aesthetically, I thought the movie was really monotone. Like it wasn't particularly colorful remotely. Yeah. When I think of futuristic. Like it, it kind of runs counter to some of the futuristic cities that we see. Like think about Blade Runner, you know, um, or think about uh, what's it called that we saw, uh, you know, that the Netflix show that came on a couple months back, the, oh, the cyberpunk one, uh, the movie. Well, yeah, the the movie Mute. Like, but then there was also the uh, the TV show, and um, and like they were all so colorful and neon driven. So on the one hand, I was like, I like the fact that this this movie went a little bit different in terms of aesthetic. But on the other hand, I also was trying to understand exactly why. Like, why is everything, you know, so kind of monotone uh, or monochromatic? I should, I suppose, I should say. So that was kind of curious. Um, but there are some good moments, uh, and and I also think that it's sort of interesting because when we think of like data breaches and like personal information being taken, like we think of people doing awful things with it, right? But in this movie, like they're actually sol solving murders with it, and he's actually like the, the the main character is like sort of making these moral decisions like when it comes to that very very early scene where you know does he tell this rich woman that her maid stole like her you know, her bracelet or not so yeah, like, it's all yeah, kind yeah. of interesting i just feel like like it kept approaching some really interesting ideas but it never quite fully dove into them and it and, and it's it's just i don't it's know it felt, like, microcosm it felt like i need to go deeper netflix right now and they're with their movies that they have it seems like mm. They, they're doing they're like they're getting there they're just almost yeah. there and then you're just kind of like <sighs> well i certainly like this a load better than the titan because uh, oh, yeah, I, I feel like this didn't fall off like when i say i didn't like the ending like i literally didn't like the last 30 seconds of the movie and it was just because of one i felt unearned line other than that like i enjoyed the movie pretty much from start to finish and i never felt uninterested i just I never fully engaged perhaps with the characters in themselves. I, you know, I didn't really necessarily root for them. And there was a couple moments where I questioned why certain things were happening. Like, why is that exactly happening right now? But there are some really cool moments and it's a really interesting world that they're suggesting uh, with this film. And, and you know, I definitely liked it and I do recommend it. Um, but I wouldn't want people to go into it with, uh, with too high of expectations. Um, I don't think it's on par with like the Blade Runners of the world or anything like that. But I certainly think, I actually also would probably say I like this better, a little bit better than Mute as well, um, which is another one of these Netflix near futuristic show, uh, movies uh, that have come on to come on uh, the streaming service recently. So would and you Jeff, recommend would, it? Would I, okay, I was gonna ask you, but I recommend it, yes. I think it's, I think it's good, um, but I'm not gonna, I, I, I give it like a, a tepid recommendation where it's like it's it's a good movie but it's mm. not it's not Blade lukewarm Runner. like kind of lukewarm yeah, it's, like it's, it's, I, I it'll entertain you for an hour and a half how about you I think it's an hour and a half and because it's so short 
on the one hand, I think it's easier to recommend because like it's not overstaying its welcome the way mute does. Like mute is a little bit longer and it I think it outstays its welcome and it gets a little bit convoluted. This is much more streamlined and focused, and I think it's an easy, easy watch. But on the other hand, I feel like maybe if they elaborated on some things here and there and like spent a little bit more time developing certain characters and actually made the movie a little bit longer, it might have might be even more effective like if i was doing like a like a 10 point scale this is like a six ish for me you know it's not like i don't think it's a full-on fail but at the same time you know i don't i don't well i wouldn't put it up too high but it's definitely worth a watch i i definitely think it's worth a watch and uh but i can understand like a, a lukewarm recommendation for it so I'm, i think i like it a little bit more than you but not, but not like a ton more than you all right sounds good yeah. All right, so that's Anon. Uh, you can get it up on Netflix uh, right now. It just came out on the 4th of May. Uh, so that's some of the breakdown for this week. Uh, this time, I think we're going to talk a little bit about some role play. Now it's time for a little role play. Wait, nope, nope. That's the wrong role play. Okay, so this is my time to talk a little bit about my Starfinder campaign that I've been running for a few months. Uh, this is, I think we're going on six months now. Uh, so if you tune in a couple episodes ago, you know that uh, my crew, uh, called the Darava, there's five regulars, or I should say, yeah, there's five regulars and there's one sort of uh, part-timer who come in and group up with us. Uh, but they are members of a uh, kind of a, I don't want to say a mercenary company, but it's more just sort of a kind of a happy-go-lucky sort of serenity firefly kind of ship. Uh, and they go around doing various deeds, sort of hired work and hired help. Um, they got wrapped up in uh, some sort of mystery story because one of their sister ships from their company went missing. This is all in space. And they're trying to track it down, trying to track their missing crew down. And so this took them to a planet called Verses. Uh, verse, it, within the Starfinder universe, there's tons of planets. There's this place called the Pact Worlds, which is um, one system, which is sort of the, I would say, the, the most populated system. Then there's the Vast, which is like stuff that's not fully explored. And there's the near space areas, which are somewhat explored, and but not necessarily part of that central, uh, central government. Uh, so they have been on Verses now for a while. And it's kind of interesting because I didn't really expect this to take as long as it has. And this sometimes happens with us as we start branching off into to different storylines here and there. Uh, and so last time around, uh, we I was doing a personal story for one of my players whose father um, kind of got wrapped up with some crazy AI and uh, sadly uh, was killed by his son, my player. Uh, within a, a fight, but also during that fight, one of our players died. Uh, so we had our first death, Braximus, Brax uh, is what we call him. Uh, he passed away, uh, but fortunately they had enough credits earned and they were in a fairly uh, well-populated area that they could track down a high-level mystic to perform resurrection. And so thankfully Brax was able to come back to life. Uh, however, he has to he has to be a level behind for a while. And so this is Keith, by the way, Justin. And so it's really fun. So nice. every 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 session I've been teasing him, I'm like, all right, everyone go ahead and do your level ups for level eight. Oh, except for you, Keith. Sorry. Just do your level ups for level seven. Perfect. It's fine. It'll be okay. So I keep teasing him with that. He'll get it back eventually. Uh, but that's kind of, kind of fun. Um, the other thing that really interesting that really happened is that they finally came in contact with the, the sort of the big bad. They put a, a name in a face to like this big bad crew that's been going around doing bad things. And so we've been just sort of loosely calling them the yellow cloaks just because they're just this group of 
um, just some weird group of terrorists that just wear these kind of grungy, crappy looking like uh, yellow cloaks. And so they don't have any names for them. They wear masks. No one knows who they are. These weird mechanical masks. Uh, and so the, the, the crew had been trying to figure out where did this other ship go? It took them to Verses and they can't figure out where to go next and they can't figure out exactly how to find it. But luckily, uh, this was all sort of part of the plan of the big bad who contacts them at like five o'clock in the morning. And I decided what I wanted to do, what I was really curious about doing is, um, in this, in this particular campaign is I wanted to kind of put a timer on things. I like, I like timers. I like uh, ticking clocks. So I teach a lot of writing courses. I took a lot of writing courses. Um, my degree is in writing. And so what we talk about sometimes in my classes, we talk about the idea of a ticking clock and a ticking clock is when we set, uh, something has to happen within a certain time frame. Okay. So if, if this doesn't happen by this moment, then bad stuff's going to happen. And what that does is it sort of raises the tension and the stakes of the actual situation. It forces people, you know, forces characters in this case, players to actually make decisions that might not necessarily be the best decisions because they have to make them more quickly. Uh, and so it just kind of creates a more suspenseful moment. And so they were contacted by the big bad, like in, who's just basically taunting them at this point as all good villains do. Right. And so he's just sort of taunting them with uh, like, Hey, yep. Still got your ship and yep. Yep. I still got some of your, some of your people. And uh, if you want to see them again, if you want to see them, ever want to see them alive, you have to do something for me. And so I'm, I'm sort of forcing the, the players to decide do they want to actually, you know, follow what this guy is saying and do what he's doing with the hopes of maybe getting their people back. Um, or do they want to just reject it and just stay, you know, the heck with it. Um, so they're kind of in the process of figuring that out because they're, they're being tasked with kind of kidnapping a CEO of a fairly major corporation. Um, and so they have to decide, do they want to be the bad guys in order to do the good thing, or do they want to do the good thing and potentially cause bad things to happen? So, um, and they have a time limit on which to do this There's a certain amount of days that Haratho Vin is the name of the big bad, um, has given them. And so if, you, if they don't do it by this certain time, that's by this deadline, then say goodbye to your friends, say goodbye to your family. Like that's it. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of caused them to be like, I, I don't, I don't know what, what are we supposed to do? And there's been genuine disagreement. Um, and, and I'm actually really happy to see some of the characters are like, they're really, that the players are really kind of getting into their character. Like Keith, for instance, is, you know, he's like, listen, like if they want us to kidnap somebody else and who knows what they're going to do with her. So we can't do that. That's, that's just not right. And other people are like, no, no, no. Like my mom is one of the people that are kidnapped. So like, if you don't like, no, we're, we're totally going to do this. So there's genuine disagreement, which is really interesting. Um, so I've been really, it's been really fun. It's uh, it's a big moment. It's a big uh, turn in the story and we kind of get to see, I get to see where it goes from here. Uh, now, the other thing that we've been doing recently in the past couple of sessions is I have actually been taking advantage because we've been stumbling back onto some old threads uh, that were dangling a bit. And that's one of the, the things I like to do from time to time when I'm running these campaigns is I take a lot of notes uh, after a session and figuring out, you know, how did they treat this one character? And if they treated them poorly, will this character come back to bite them in some way down the line? Or if they didn't solve this crime or find this murder, or does this murder continue to kill, you know, like a living, breathing world. So like, just because the characters aren't there on that planet or in that city doesn't necessarily mean that that city is not still progressing and st storylines. Sounds don't very mass effecty. That's what it sounds like right there. A little bit. Yeah. So there's two, there's two big storylines that have come back. So about two months ago, uh, the players were in the drift, which is, kind of it's like an extra dimensional area where they do 
faster than light travel. So it's like a, it's a completely different dimension though, basically. And they found wreckage of a ship. And within wreckage of that ship, they found this long cylindrical black obelisk. I was doing this sort of in honor of like 2001 and stuff like that, but it's not, it has nothing to do with 2001. So they found this cylindrical obelisk that was just floating around the wreckage um, and they took it on their ship because they were kind of curious. It was giving off some weird signal and they wanted to figure it out. They started doing some research. They think it was like this really, they, they, they got the feeling that it was worth a lot because of, of the material it was made out of. It was some sort of obsidian um, and it was shiny. It looked like a massive gem. But then uh, when they were trying to leave uh, the, the actual drift, they were attacked by a smoke monster from Lost, uh, which basically was trying to like drain their, the power from their ship. They defeated it, and so they thought everything was okay. But they, like, at the end of the fight, however, like, some of the crew got infected with spores from this like, smoke, smoke monster that every now and then I've been rolling these, like I've been secretly rolling these saves, these little fortitude, or excuse me, will saves to see whether or not they've like, resisted like, this mind control effect that this, these growing spores have had and they haven't been able to deal with and they don't really know. And so periodically, like when they're on the ship and they're sleeping and they wake up in the middle of the night, like they might go and sabotage and not realize that they're sabotaging it. And in situations like that, I'm like, all right, let's go into the other room. So like, I'll pick like two or three people up who, who failed the saves and I'll bring them in the other room and I'll tell them what happened. And so that everyone else at the table has no idea what happens. Right. And so I've been doing this over and over. And finally that all came to a head, um, because two of the crew were uninfected and then three of the crew were infected. And so there came a point where like two of them are like, all right, you know what? We got to get rid of it. Like I'm, we're so sick and tired of like we wake us waking up in the morning and suddenly like our bridge, you know, our bridge terminals are busted or like the seats have been ripped off or something like that, or the toilet's overflowing. Like we want to, we want to get rid of this thing. We're going to go sell it. We're going to get rid of it. But like one of the, one of the effects that like I, I told the people who were affected by the sports is like, you don't want the crystal to go away. Like, that's it. That's all I said to them. Like, just, you would prefer it to stay on the ship. And it's essentially called it caused a mutiny. And so for a good two and a half hours, uh, all five of the crew were basically fighting one another physically using their skills. Long's character, uh, Josh decided to, uh, essentially mind control him and make him go clean the toilet for a while. Uh, because like he didn't want to hurt him because he didn't want to hit him. And so it became this really crazy moment where, um, where like they were fighting with each other and like they were mind controlling each other. They were intimidating each other. It was getting pretty crazy. Uh, but eventually they, they were able to overcome it. And, uh, but tensions have been kind of strange people are sort of embarrassed and there's some weird apologies that were going on in character. So it's kind of fun. The other storyline that we came up that we had is, um, they left, they finally got to leave Versys and they went back to a place called Absalon station. And before leaving Absalon station, they did, a, they did a little quick job where they, um, took out a gang that was in sort of the sewer area called the Grinskulls. And uh, it was run by an Ahsoki, which is like a little rat guy. And he had these big four half-orc green thugs. And I was doing this whole Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. So like it was Needles, it was Splinter, and then there was like four green turtles, or green half-orcs who were basically, you know, the Ninja Turtles, right? I'm and so uh, shirt, it's really, so you know. it's, yeah, it's pretty stupid, but um, that's what I did. And so they managed to like, take out the lap take out the lair and kill out you know and kill the orcs but needles got away and so at the time they're like listen we have bigger fish to fry we have to go continue investigating so meanwhile there's a gang member running around pissed off at this group right and so now that they've been you know it's been a couple of weeks they come back to absalon station and so needles like uh decides to uh to ambush them so he tracks them down figures out where they're parked hire some mercenary and this one morning when they're walking out like in the middle of the morning it just sort of ambush them and nearly kill them now 
they ended up winning the fight because they're a little bit stronger. And they dumped a bunch of the bodies like on an airlock, and then they uh, took Needles's body to a uh, to another gang, uh, to like a competing gang member. Gave over his like his living, breathing body for money and credit. So it's kind of a like I'm like, damn, I can't believe you guys actually actually did that. But they got they needed money at the time, so they they basically sold the the dude's body to a, a rival gang that's probably gonna do horrible things to them. Uh, so those are two little stories that I would say between about a month anywhere between about a month to three months in between when those things have happened right so so like the the gaining of the obelisk and then about a month or so later this crazy stuff happens like the the destroying of needles's gang and then his revenge like a month or so later and so it's all because like i just kept taking notes and i have this little list of what are like what are threads like what are potential threads to revisit later like you know, who are people that might have, hold a grudge? You know, what are objects that they've picked up that they might, you know, have to come in, come in contact with later? Uh, and so for me, I like, I like taking notes and bringing back little stories for small interludes from time to time um, when maybe there's a lull in a larger overarching story of the campaign, which there happened to be this past session. So it was like the perfect time to do this. Uh, and it kind of shook things up a bit. Uh, we got a little combat in because we hadn't had combat for a while. And it was, it was pretty fun. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's one of the suggestions I would make. Like if anyone's looking to run like a really long campaign, always take notes, take a ton of notes, like about what they did, what choices they made, who they interacted with, who they pissed off, who they like charmed, because when they go back to those locations later, those same locations, you want to have those notes. And so you can figure out, well, how is this place going to be now that they've returned? Right. Uh, and so that's Starfinder. That's my little role play, uh, my role play corner. Uh, thank you for listening. And now, it's time for the Gentleman's Challenge. All right, so the Gentleman's Challenge is the final segment of our podcast where Justin and I give each other assignments that we have to undertake. Uh, and these assignments usually are something like watch a TV show or watch a movie or play a game. And it's usually something outside of our comfort zone and probably something we're not going to like because that's it's sort of funny to drive the other crazy. And then to make sure that we do what we were assigned on the next episode, we quiz each other. Uh, and so for this week, I assigned Justin uh, Star Trek, the animated series. Uh, so Justin, how'd that go? Um... So, let's first explain what it is. Star Trek The Animated Series came out in 1973. Yes. Um, it's four years after the TV show ended. Okay, so the TV show ended in uh, 1969. It stars all of the actors. So, you got William Shatner. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy. All the guys that, you know, you have Ahura, you have Scotty, and uh, sure. Bones, and uh, you have uh, Mr. Sulu. They're all the same. It's all the same voices. This is... Yep. Uh, I think three years before the movie. So yeah, and the was... cartoon and the cartoon images are, are pretty good likenesses for the actual yeah, yeah, yeah. too. And it, I, I feel like it was just like, hey, we don't have anything to do right now, so let's do a cartoon, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, when maybe. I first starting wa started watching this, I thought that this was some type of like satirical adult swim show because, man, <laughs> it looks just like a satirical adult swim show. Well, it's like, because, I mean, let's be honest, like, where did Adult Swim get yeah. that type of cartoon imagery from, right? It's like, so nuts, though, how perfect yeah. they did it, though, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, that's kind of the look of it. It looks just like Johnny Quest or any of those Hanna-Barbera <laughs> shows back in the day. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I'll be honest, 
I kind of liked it. Uh, yeah. I think you uh, underestimated my love for cartoons. And, I didn't uh, think you were going to dislike this one. I actually thought, how could you not like this one? Like, it's it's cartoons, right? So uh, they can kind of do sure. whatever they want. What I do like is that there's creatures in the show that would never be on the show. I know, um, right? Like yeah. hawk people or like uh-huh. squid people. Like, like, oh, we can finally make the creatures that we want. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the first episode was about um, a entity that had possessed a ship and uh was trying to escape this dying star and so they investigate the ship and then it possesses the enterprise and they have to try and ditch it back off um and the second episode was about time altering kind of like a butterfly effect where spock was for some reason no longer the first uh the ensign of the crew or whatever i guess that's what they call him or i can't remember what his position well he's the first officer first officer. officer Yeah. So, like, for some reason, he wasn't the guy anymore. He was one of those, like, blue guys with terrible haircuts and things on their head. Um, Endurance. They're called Endurance. I don't know what they're called. Uh, I'm just so uneducated in my Star Trek lore. Oh, you're making uh, me so mad because I, I love Star Trek. <laughs> but, like, I think that the stories are good. Um, but, and I don't know if the stories were recycled from the TV show, though. Um, they, they set up good, like... Mm-hmm. They, they set up good moral quandaries that the, the, the original show did. Yes, the original show in this cartoon is a bit hokey, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with some hokey cartooning. You know, it's, it's, it took me back to the time where I would watch, like, Scooby-Doo or, or uh, Johnny Quest. And it just is it's such simple, terrible uh, <laughs> animation. The animation is so bad. Like it looks it's good. Not that bad. Like it looks good, very picturesque. Like it looks like a horror, and it looks like uh, Kirk and all stuff. But like they move like one frame per second. Stuff Listen, like that. I'll take that animation over <laughs> reboots animation animation any day of the week. Are you kidding? Like I was totally fine with it. Like, but uh, I thought the stories were good, and I thought that you know the acting was good. They're actors, they're professional actors, and they. It sounded like they were in character, and it, it's. I think it's like a show that, like, if I was young, I probably if I was young when this was out, I probably would have watched it from beginning to end. It's it fits cool. my type of stuff that I would have watched. And as an adult watching, I'm like, this is, you know, I, I've watched uh, Avengers: Earth Mightiest Heroes a couple episodes in. I, I could watch this easily. So, and Avengers: cool. Earth Mightiest Heroes is garbage. Same. So what you got for me for quiz questions? Okay, uh, these aren't in particularly good order, but yeah. uh, I think I think I have the, the second episode questions first, so we'll just All start right. there. Okay, so this one's really hard. What does Spock ask for before he goes back in time? Uh, he asks, oh, before he goes back in time. Yes, the things you'll need. Oh, no. What do you ask before yeah. he went back in time? He said he has he... a whole list. Oh man, I forget that part. I remember Sorry. what he said to his dad before he left. It was to the it was to the adoring that you uh, that you. I dismissed. can't remember. He needs a Vulcan desert soft suit in boots and a small selection of streetwear and carry bags, circa eight eight seven Vulcan years. <laughs> you didn't need to get like all of that. You just had just to get your, like, clothes. So I was like, clothes yeah. that have been good. Oh, no, good. I mean you would have had to say like Vulcan Desert Soft Suit, maybe a bag, stuff like that. Like I, 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 I quote that, that. I, w- I would have given you a credit if you <laughs> tried. All right. 
Yeah, I was sitting at that That's one. one. Whoopsies. Okay. So, what are Endorians not known for, and what are they known for? Endorians are not known for their tactful uh, dialogue or like being nice, something like that. And they're known for, I don't know, having penises on the top of their head because it kind that of is, like that is not correct. Those, they're also Andorians. There's an extra syllable. What? <laughs> you said Andorians. Uh, Did I get half credit? Was that right in the first part? Uh, no, they're not known for their charity, which you're. And you said being nice, which is really. quite the same thing. Not it's, really. it's not quite the same thing. Uh, but they are known for family. Oh. For family. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, I must not have watched this whole show. It was show. like the same scene. That was both from the same scene. So I yeah. feel like you just skipped that scene. Okay, also, also from the second episode. So when the saber tooth Achaya thingy in the Lamacha fight, uh, <laughs> did it most... or did it? Yeah. Let me, let me, let me finish the question because we might be sharing a thought here in a second. Go ahead. Did it or did it not look like they were standing up and making out? <laughs> true, true or false? And then Spock came and gave him a neck massage. Yeah. He's like, oh. And they're it, like, oh. It did. It did look like they were making out. That's, um, that's great. It was one of the more sensual scenes of a 70s Lovely. cartoon made for children. Uh, yeah. Also, I didn't know that... Uh, that Vulcans lived in Mexico because the name of all these characters, of all these yeah. creatures, sound very Mexican. La Mancha. Well, one was called the Achaya. I think the other one was called La Mancha. I could have gotten around. I, <laughs> I, I like, think that's what they're called. I just, yeah. I didn't know that they lived the in Mexico. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got one for three so far. Okay. All here right, we go. Right. On a scale of one to this is the, the next two is there's right. five questions. Okay. The next two are from the first episode. All right. On a scale of one to ten. With one being a whimpering puppy and ten being Thanos, how threatening did the alien thingy from the first episode sound? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, if it had any type of scariness to it, it was There's immediately... There's a correct answer to this. I just want you to know. There actually is a numerical value. You it was immediately removed say. because Spock, like, disabled him in literally seconds. Like, it didn't even take him much time. 23 minutes but yeah yeah sure 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 he did it uh, all without like the computer too he did it all in his head i would i would say well it was funny because it did remind me oh i was i was thinking of for some reason thinking of the 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 time one it's the one where he's like comply <laughs> just, his voice is so weird it's obey it's Ob obey yeah. obey me it sounded, oh, baby, it sounded just like uh, something from Doctor Who. It sounded like yeah. one of the one of the, the Daleks. Uh, so I need a number for me, sir. Whimpering is a puppy. Ten is a Thanos. Sure. I would say a four. Oh, you're so close. Oh my gosh, Justin. The answer was three. Oh. Oh my man. God, you were so close. Oh. You know, I you know sometimes you gotta shoot for the stars and sometimes it was you don't close. Make it, you know what I mean? I was impressive. I I was surprised how close. I thought you were gonna just say one. <laughs> it's so uh, funny how it sounds. Like, oh it's baby, so it's not like a whiny end, little girl. And at the end, he was so sad. He's like, No, don't leave me alone. I'm so alone. I'm so lonely. I need a Tinder app. Yeah, it, it was, was pretty. So, uh, that was a really sad ending. Like, geez, it was. It was very sad. They just kept going. Kids. They just kept going. They didn't even talk about it. Like, oh, that's that's rough. Sucks yeah. for that guy. And then they didn't like really, you know, even I don't know. Yeah, no compassion, I suppose. Yeah. All right, all right. So you're one for four so far. Okay, question number five. Uh -huh. This one, okay. you got, you got this. All right. First step, first episode. 
where was the Enterprise going? And what was their mission? They where were was going, the Enterprise going and what was their mission? For star they're going for star uh like mapping. Like whatever. Okay, that is. I'll accept that. It's called star charting, but I'll accept star, star charting. mapping. That's totally fine. Because they say it again at the end of the episode. Yep, that is their mission. Uh exactly where they were going yes. i can't remember uh, okay that one's a Questar m17 i just knew they were going for star charting so i should get That's one great. and a half at least you you got you got a point point five for that absolutely right, yeah okay. so 1.5 on the board a little bit more right. just, I, i'm i'm glad you enjoyed it it was my gene roddenberry trilogy and i ended <laughs> with the best i thought it wasn't bad i it, it was good it's a '70s cartoon, so like, what am I gonna expect out of it? And like the the uh, Netflix version of it's very well done. The HD remake they did of it, so like, it's pretty good. So I can't complain too much. So yeah, that was mm-hmm. mine. Let's 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 talk about yours. Your little okay. nugget of love I gave you. Okay, so Justin assigned me reboot the Guardian Code on Netflix. So reboot focuses on four teenagers on their first day of high school at Allen Turing High. So what was supposed to be an uninteresting, uneventful day for Austin, Parker, Tamara, and Trey, I think his name was, drastically changes when they receive text notifications redirecting them to room zero for their first hour. and it's and it's probably called Room Zero and Hidden because there's a super duper secret lab that can digitize their physical forms and send send them into the internet, uh, like kind of like how Troy it does usually. Yes, things do uh, that all the time. So now they've been selected to serve as next generation guardians of cyberspace, guided by the AI Vera, who eventually gets a body. I'll get back to that later. Some crazy hacker, probably Fisher Stevens, is the plague from Hackers. Uh, is trying to destroy the interwebs and send humanity back to the Stone Age. Uh, so the Guardians head into the interwebs, find some, quote, dark code, which are basically just digital locusts, and yay, they win. Uh, but then, uh, like, Fisher Stevens is done. It stopped. The Merovingian, no, not the Merovingian, that's not right. The Da Vinci virus is completely done. But wait, there's a second episode. Darn it. <laughs> but at least they were short. So, <laughs> so Fisher Stevens comes back, okay? Uh, this time he has a digital manservant with, by the name of Megabyte, uh, who has like killer eyebrows and just like an awesome voice. Uh, Austin uh, doesn't know if he wants to continue doing what he's doing because he doesn't want to be a leader. He's told that's why he was chosen because of his leadership qualities. And he's like, no, I don't want this. Uh, Parker, who's his best friend, wants to bang Vera, uh, who now has a physical body. And remember, Vera was like a, a computer program a second ago. And now <laughs> she's like a weirdo like just like a weird strange awkward like ai wannabe human type of thing yada 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 uh the three remaining people now that austin's like no they want to jump so they go in and uh they're like well we're gonna do this the three of us no problem and they nearly lose to megabyte uh but then austin shows up to save the day because he's the team leader and they win again having destroyed megabyte oh wait no megabyte isn't actually destroyed he's still there but yeah I never have to watch it again, so I assume they win. Uh, that is Reboot the Guardian Code. Um, I'm of two minds about this show. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, I think it's terrible. Okay. And on the other hand, I think it's terrible. 
Oh, so uh, just so happens that the two minds happen to agree. Like that's very really different opinions. It's um, <laughs> like, so I was thinking, there's so many things I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay, Jeff, you can't, like, I, I went all third person. I was like, you can't assess this the way an adult would. You have to assess this as though it's for kids. But then I thought about some more and I'm like, no, this is really bad, even for kids. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm, it was bad. The what do you think of the special effects? Awful. It's so awful. Bad. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Like you were making fun of that uh, that Earth uh, final conflict or whatever the heck it was called, yeah. the Gene Roddenberry thing. It that was better. It was like, that was better than this <laughs> joke. Like that's how bad this stuff was. Andromeda. I will take that. I will take that CGI over this. It was so bad. It was stylistic, right? It was like a stylistic thing. But I think. The problem is, is because like they were doing all this CGI, like the make it look all, you know, glowy and bright, like it's a, like a bright, happy computer game, right? Because that's basically what they're in. They're in a computer game. Like they've been playing a computer game. Like the four of them didn't even know this, that they were all on the same team and they were playing a computer game and that's how they get chosen, right? And so it's like all uh, like the last Starfighter, right? But like, it just looks so bad. I, I don't know. I, I just also like, like how it. both episodes had the same set piece. So they yeah. didn't have to invest in two different locations yeah. in two episodes. So yeah. they're like, oh, we got one place already. Let's just do it again. Yeah. You guys did such a great job in the last time. Yep. And, like, there's a lame meter that, the, uh, that Tamara mentions because she has apparently a popular vlog. And then she immediately gets, like, a groupie follower, right, who likes the lame meter Like, when, when she first mentions the lame meter I turn to my wife and I'm like, who wrote that thinking, yes, <laughs> this that's do. the line right there. This is what that's kids the do all God, time. Nailed it. Yeah. And yeah. And then it came back again. And then it came back one more time on in the next episode. So who would have thought? So lame meter So Justin, on the lame meter of one to 10, with 10 being eh, not that lame and one being really freaking lame, uh, this earned a, a, a negative 40. Like, I'm I very don't. happy for you. I'm glad that I did you not enjoyed it so much. Did not like it. Did not like it. Like it was fast. Like that was the cool <laughs> thing. It's like there were 22 minute episodes, so I was in and out super fast. But I didn't like it at all. No, it was bad. So you only lost 44 minutes of your life. That's all you lost. That's Perfect. okay. That's fine. I've lost things just, for different reasons. Just enough. I'm on the perfect. toilet for 40 minutes every day. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what do you got? All right. So ready for your quiz questions? Question number one. You already did. Okay. Uh, name the high school. Alan Turing. Yep. Alan Turing High School. I was trying to, I thought, I thought that one would be decent. Uh, what's the name of their avatars? All four of their avatars. You remember that? Hmm. All avatars. four of their avatars. You said their names, but do you remember the name of their avatars? I don't know if I remember. Um, okay. Vector was Austin's. Okay. There you go. Um,. Hmm. Hmm. Where's Vector? Was Austin? Who had a sweet skateboard in the skate? He had the skateboard. Tamara was like Cyber Ninja or some something. That's what um, she was. Yes. Um. She was on like blades, like a uh, Pistorius has. <laughs> so she had like. It's like when those like, those people in like parades like jump on those springs. That's what she had on her feet. That's what she had. Vector is one you of You know what she reminded me of? She reminded me of uh, Camille from uh, from League of Legends. Yeah, that's true. She did. 
Oh my god. Okay. So Vector was running out of time here in this one. Um the big guy I think was Frag? No, uh no Defrag. He was there Defrag. There you go. Okay, alright. You got half credit um, so far. Oh my god. Uh Parker was something with it wasn't Spooge. <laughs> god, wasn't I it. wish it, I wish it was sounds like that. I think it sounds like that. <laughs> I think uh, Googs. My name's Googs? Spooge. Was it Googs? Googs? Something like that? It was Googs. Yes, I got Googs. I was totally guessing. And I cannot remember the girl's name. I can't remember the girl's name. All right, so uh, I'm going to give you 75% for this. Her name's Nigma. Nigma. So it was Vector, okay. Nigma, Googs, and Defrag. Yeah, she was like a cyborg. I remember that, but I, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember her name. Okay. All right. Uh, how much more powerful... Is Goog's phone than Megabyte? How much more powerful is his phone than Megabyte? Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. It's either 60 or 300. Hmm. It's one of those two. What is it going to be? It's exciting. On the edge of my seat. 300. 30K. 30,000 30, oh, 30, oh, yeah. more powerful. There's a 30 in it. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. a great joke. You mean my phone's like thirty times more power, thirty thousand times more powerful than you? That's right. Because you're mega Makes me sad. Uh, what? And for the last question, what type of exchange student was Austin's mom supposed to get instead of Vera? So she was, was supposed to get um, a male student. Okay. Was it Belgian? Ah, uh, was it Belgian? Was it Belgian? Oh, do, do you just have Ruben on the mind? I don't know. Which one is Belgian? it? Belgian? Hmm. Was it Belgian? I wanna. Was it Swedish? No, that's okay. He's yeah. Hmm. Could just have Ruben on the mind, which I. Usually I do could just have Ruben on the mind. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say male Belgian. I don't. It was a Hungarian named Gunter. Darn it! I knew Hungarian named Gunter. Gunter. By the way, a few little things about the show. So when I was in high school, middle school, there was a show on Cartoon Network called Reboot. I think it was originally on Fox on uh -huh. Saturday mornings. And Cartoon Network took it over. And Reboot, uh -huh. it starred a guy named Bob. And Bob was an antivirus. And the virus was Megabyte. Megabyte, the way he looked when he first came out is what he looked like in the show. And uh -huh. like when they showed him, I was like, oh my God, it's Megabyte. This is great. And Bob had a dog. And that dog was that dog that he shot lasers at when he first became active so that dog wasn't too and so he mentioned bob so part of me kind of wants to keep watching this to see if bob shows up because justin I, kn I know i know it's terrible but like the teenager the bad me, guy talked to himself the whole time yeah and he also he had like he also had like 12 monitors which all hackers what need. he was doing the whole time yeah Hackers to talk to themselves, and they have 12 monitors no. and 13 no. keyboards. Nope. No, no, no. That's what they do. Nope. Zero cool did not talk. Nope. Nope. And nope. also, when all viruses are in the form of bugs. I don't even know this. Mm, it's true. There's yeah. physical the manifestation of viruses. Yeah. You got to get a patch and everything. Yeah. All they needed to do, all they needed to do was give the darn bad guy a dog and just have the dog laying down. So that he was t telling the dog what he was doing the whole time. That's no. all he had to do. No, no. He's sense. not crazy enough. He's not crazy enough. No, he's not crazy. He, you know what he needed? He needed more dirt on his teeth and in his fingernails. So he needed more dirt. 
I know. There yeah. wasn't enough dirt. I know. They needed more. All right. Let's do it. Uh, let's do our challenges for next week. Are you so, ready? You got something? I, I'm, I'm ready. Let me let me write this down. So what's my challenge? All right. I would like you to listen to a podcast. Ooh, a podcast. Not ours, however. I really like fictional podcasts. There's quite right. a few I enjoy. And so I'm going to expose you to a couple. And I'm going to begin with Welcome to Night Vale. Welcome to Night to Vale. Night- I love that podcast. All Absolutely. right, so this is, you're trying to give me something good. Mm-hmm. Love uh, it. Well, I don't feel bad about what I'm about to do to you then. That's okay. Um, <laughs> this one, I like bad. I like bad. I prefer this one actually really, really comes bad. from. Don't give me mediocre. I can't stand mediocre. Don't give me boss baby. Oh, my God. So, it's like, oh, I hate mediocre. My wife has been, you know, she listens every week. She enjoys the podcast. She, uh. Her and three time. other people. Listen, we're we're making waves out there in the podcast world. We, we were mentioned in a tweet That's once big... or a Kickstarter thing. That's true. We're doing it. I know. Um. So the show I'm gonna have you watch. Okay. Um, which I dare not touch myself. My wife is gonna come up with your quiz questions. Okay. You must watch the first <laughs> two episodes of Gilmore Girls. That's what you need to watch. Oh, I've already done that. You have. Yeah, I watched the whole first season. What about Gossip Girl? Uh, yeah. Oh my god, are you 13 years old? No, but <laughs> like I used to do these projects in some of my uh, my classes, and we were watching a lot of pop TV, and right. like we used to watch a lot of kind of stuff. Well, you're gonna have to rewatch first two episodes of Gilmore Girls. Okay, you know first that. two episodes of Gilmore Girls. That's okay. what you gotta do. Can't yeah. wait. All right, done. I can't take that show. My wife's watched it so many times, it hurts my ears. It's like two I will watch them at each other. I will watch the first two episodes of Gilmore Girls. All right, first two episodes of Gilmore Girls. That's your that's your thing. I got something else for you next week. Uh, it's not it's not going to be teen angst or anything. I got you might mm-hmm. enjoy it. But we are week... into a new a new trilogy for me. So oh, this is a trilogy. New trilogy. All well, that's right. all I'm going to do. They're always trilogies. Okay. okay. So you got Gilmore Girls. Anyway, all right. I think it's about time we close this sucker down. Uh, you can find us online at Lollygaggercoat. That's our Twitter handle. Uh, I usually run it. My wife pops in from time to time as well. Uh, so come up there, say hi. We're also, uh, you can find us at lollygaggerco.com. Uh, we are, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, all those wonderful places. Uh, if you feel like doing so, please leave us a real good, bad, and different. We don't care. We just like the attention. Uh, Justin, even though he's taking a break uh, from streaming right now, is it's a streamer a by Twitch. But he will be getting back to that soon. So, Justin, where can they find you on Twitch when the time is right? It's uh, twitch.tv slash jehufa. That's J-E-H-O-O-F-A-H. Um, play lots of Warcraft. Do lots of Rainbow Six Siege. Haven't played anything really lately because football's been taking a lot of energy out of me. But uh, we also got to finish up our uh, liberating of the Oh, my God. Tell me about it. I don't yeah, understand. I don't even think Montana's a state anymore. Done. I don't know what it is. I think it's just a territory. It's good at some point. But, yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. On that note, I think it's time we start saying thank you to uh, to a few of the people and the entities and the weird colors and things like that that have helped us throughout the week. Uh, Justin, I'm going to start with a really, really long one. And so you're free to go ahead and take two in a row. Then I'll end on something short. All right. So here's, here's my first one. 
It's a heartfelt thanks to my unconscious mind in the crazy dreams I am able to create. So after watching a Critical Role episode where the barbarian Yasha wins an arm wrestling contest in after seeing a video where a semi-truck nearly ca- crashed into a gas station, and after learning about Sylvester Stallone uh, directing the new Rambo, and knowing that Friday was May the 4th, my brain gave me a dream where I lost a Darth Vader in an arm wrestling contest after he turned his helmet backwards and went over the top. So thank you, Unconscious. I'd like to uh, thank the Volusia County School System for uh setting up testing the way it's been for the past eight years and ruining my life for, the, for this entire week. Um, you make everything possible to make me go home and cry while having my job underpaying me on a regular basis. So thank you so much. And uh, secondly, to all the great uh, people out there, this is like a legit one that are downloading. I think we hit 100 so far. I think we're over 100. Uh, I really do want to thank them that are, you know, it's it's to me it's amazing that at least one person is willing to listen to us other than our wives let alone 100 people are willing to download this stuff on a regular basis so thank you so much for you guys out there that are they're actually doing that. i really appreciate it and then finally uh i've been putting some miniatures together lately so to gorilla glue thanks for being super <laughs>